Hello and welcome to episode 10 of This Korean Life. I got this six-pack on a diet of sweet and sour pork and jajangmyeon. Said no one ever. Check out Ulsan's only fresh daily salad delivery. Uncle Veggie offers a variety of healthy salads delivered to your door. All salads are made to order daily. Get fit and get your fill of crisp mixed greens, proteins, and seasonal fruits. Don't waste all your energy digesting a double serving of bulgogi. Uh, have a healthy light salad. Ordering is easy. You can either visit Uncle Veggie on Instagram uh, to see some of their delicious concoctions and to place your order via direct message. Or you can call 010-566-93681 for more details. Go green with Uncle Veggie. This podcast is also brought to you by SEMA. Uh, one of Ulsan's favorite expat hangouts located in Samsandong, just a few minutes away from the department store. It's a great place to meet new people, enjoy a couple beverages on the patio, or dance the night away during one of its wild parties. Let Al and his staff show you how they like to get down. Open weekly, Thursday through Sunday. Check out their Facebook page for more information on upcoming events, like Spoken Word or the We Hope Poker Run. Uh, today's guest is Mr. Sean O'Gorman. Uh, Sean gave a wonderful interview and delivered all there is to know about spoken word and slam poetry, uh, both in Canada and in uh, in Korea. It was interesting for us to learn uh, a little about how these kind of little clusters of spoken word authors pop up all over the country providing entertainment for so many people. Sean is not only a spoken word aficionado, but also the literary editor uh, for Angle Magazine and event organizer. Sean spoke about working with the LGBT community to keep uh, this year, 2019, to keep the Ulsan Pride celebration going uh, another year after his friend who had started it uh, moved away from Ulsan. Lots of goodies in here, guys. I hope you enjoy. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life. Today, we are joined by Sean O'Gorman, another Canadian native. Um, <clears throat> first, I want to apologize that I've said countless times I want to come see a, a cipher poetry. <laughs> um, I, I want to come see the the cipher poetry slam. Unfortunately, it's uh, every time they're held on on Saturdays at seven p.m., which I've informed you is absolutely bath time for the kids yeah that's and it's just <laughs> but you could take one off every five years right oh yeah he makes a good point he makes a good point <laughs> Eddie, it's been five years it has been do we uh listen i'm gonna get out to one of these i uh, watched last the- time i checked his wife also has two hands no oh, look at this we're starting it off hot coming There's in two hot. people on this side and one on that side <laughs> the um anyways the, i've seen and actually i hope you uh you go back to it i've seen a couple of them posted posted online before and I, I hope you guys continue to to record them and, and post them up i really enjoyed that thank is that you, thank you. yeah when you're before we get into explaining and defining and talking more about it is, is it okay to record them are they one shot deals like you write it for that saturday night or is this oh, material used over and over again no i um they're not one shot well Depends. Nobody wants to hear the same poem again and again. Yeah. So like I, I had a, it's different in Korea because, and I recently had this talk with uh, my buddy Carlos where we, we usually, when we write, we will perform it, but I don't want to perform it multiple times in a row, you know, cause then people, it, 
get bored of it to be honest so do i of course yeah um like back in canada uh, if you're touring or competing, you can repeat poems pretty easily because mm. it's always a different crowd. So, like, I'll repeat poems if I'm going to a different city. Like, if I'm in Ulsan, then my next thing is in Busan, then, yeah, I'll do the same poem again. But uh, for the most part, like, I I might repeat a poem if I haven't done it in, like, a year or six, maybe six months or if I know the crowd's different. But Cool. Do you say there's competitions in Canada? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the slam scene in Canada is really, really great. I mean, um, I was able to be a part of it for a number of years and – yeah, there's, there's, it's great. It's a whole other animal than the open mic, right? Like a lot of the poems might be the same, hmm. but uh, when you add the competitive aspect of it, which is slam, yeah. um, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It really is, and it really keeps you, uh, keeps your writing really sharp because you always want to bring something new, hmm. and you're motivated because you want, like I said, like if you if work is slow and you want that hundred dollars pot at the end of the night, then you're gonna try your best to get it. Oh, cool, yeah. very nice, very nice. What you say they're they're big in Canada? How? How long ago were we talking? I, I don't recall any memories in university of hearing about clubs or groups. I was more into the sports scene probably, but I think I was also pretty open-minded. How long ago was that that it was started or that it was popular in Canada? Uh, I don't know. For me, um, I didn't even know about it until 2009. Okay. And I randomly That makes went me in. feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for me, I was like, it. I went into this coffee shop uh, in Ottawa called Umi Cafe and it was just randomly randomly went in there for one of their open mics and i just loved the, the whole scene and through there i met people who were involved with uh the capital slam scene unfortunately cap slam is shut down but mm. the the poetry slam that i helped organize with two of my friends is still running and that was called the urban legends uh poetry slam we're not the ones who started it it was started by uh my friend suhaib and ian but we've 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 been able to go to uh cfsw which is the team national championship so we were able to go I was on a team in 2010 and then again in 2011. Mm. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 2010, 2011. And it's just an amazing experience because mm. all the po- poets from different cities all stay in the same hotel. And you just meet a ton of people, a ton of like-minded people that are um, equally passionate in the same art art form. And it's an incredible week. You're mentally exhausted by the end of it, but it's a, it's a wonderful time. No doubt. At home or here, do you find a lot of people are writing on the same topics? Is it Are, are people... My my idea of slam poetry is maybe letting out your anger. Yeah, yeah poetry yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah. is it getting up there and yelling yelling on a mic or um, does everyone have um, does everyone have a, a real a real point they wanna they wanna make or is it generally trying to make trying to make sense of something or or making things rhyme? What's the uh, the rhyming scheme thing? Isn't really seen a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some okay. people some people adhere to it. Some people don't. Hmm. Um, uh, in terms of topics, uh, I think. The more politically driven topics are a bit more common back home because, for lack of a better term, the market is saturated with performers. Like, they, if you look at websites like uh, like Button Poetry, where it's just I, I don't even know how many videos they have up. Um, there's a lot more people, so because there's fewer people here performing, you still have the same I think percentage why uh, percentage division of like people who who stick to certain topics as opposed to. Like, uh, like, let's say these people write more politically, these people write more comedy, web yeah. based. Um, it's just the numbers are lower, so it's not as okay. Okay. So boring. people are writing. It seems at home people are writing to to get more, not not, yeah. not for the for the expression, writing more for the notoriety or the uh, for for any reason, any number of reasons or personal reasons somebody would have. It's the kind of thing where also we live a very privileged life here. You know, like we live. I live. I, I live a very comfortable life. I love my Absolutely. job. You know? yeah. Back home, you look at like it's a very different different political climate for a lot of people, and like yeah. they're living in this whatever they're living every day. Hmm. So what 
it happens to be on their mind comes out through their performance and yeah. their writing. And uh, so since our experiences are also quite different, like we get a lot of like playful, uh, a lot of some more political poems, but I mean, a lot, not as many, I think, for those two reasons. Cool. I'm curious. You mentioned at the end of the night, they really want that hundred dollar pot. If you're talking about a one week long thing and staying in hotels and stuff, is that self-funded or is there support or... Or can you make more if you're on the poetry scene, or what, oh, what kind of money is involved in it? Um, you 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 can make a good amount of money. Um, I, when I meant the pot, I meant like uh, let's say there's a slam twice a month, and people coming in pay at the door, and all that money goes into the pot for the team, uh-huh. and it also goes into the pot to pay the feature as well as uh, the winner. Right? Some slams you'll win fifty bucks, some slams you win a hundred if you win the slam. Um, if you're featuring you can get paid usually around $125. Hmm. The most I got paid for a feature was $400 for like 20 minutes. No way. Yeah, it was amazing. It was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, cool. And, um, Toontown. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to get teams to the national contest, uh, usually you you pull a lot of fundraisers. And the community is very supportive. They want to see you get there. So, you know, everybody mm-hmm. will come, pay their tickets at the door. Yeah. And um yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty good, but a lot of it is it's hustle. You have if you want to go, you you gotta you gotta make that money and get there. Unless your unless your scene is funded by the government, like you, you have an arts grant. That's um, you you were explaining uh, explaining that to me years ago when I was doing the mm-hmm. selling the books at there the used books stall there at the at the foreigner market. <clears throat> you were explaining that Canadian government supports the slam poets to go abroad and share their. And oh share their, yeah, that's uh, um, share their material. It's, a, it's one of the grants that you can get made available, right? Mm. Um, you you have to go through all the, of course, the paperwork to apply, yeah, but, yeah, sure. and you have to have uh, certain things set up, be like to be, to show them if they're going to give you money, you got to be like, no, this is going to happen. <laughs> hey, Sean, send me a yeah, exactly. Send me a yeah, yeah. Ticket. Yeah. But I mean, like theoretically, like if you let's say you're an artist and you can collaborate with somebody from like another country, yeah. maybe get your work both of your works translated into each other's languages. You can set up some shows. Yeah, like the government will give you money to do something like that. Like a lot of a lot of hidden uh, hidden funding there. That, that's uh, the thing too. Getting... Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of funding opportunities that people just don't know about all all the time, right? I remember one experience uh, in high school. Mom or dad had said you should start applying for for grants and scholarships and bursaries. Bursaries. I got a list of them, and Dad said just apply for all of them. And I said, well, this one says you have to be for example, of Mexican descent. And it's a $500 bursary for whatever. Had tacos for dinner. (laughs) But they said, you know, so many of these go unclaimed and people don't know about them. If you apply, they might just see you as an ambitious individual and they might say, okay, sure, you know what? This guy took the time and the effort to do it. Yeah, let's give it to him. Um, But when through that process, I realized also how many, you know, how many people were unaware of how much funding and, and individual you know, things there are out there, but just no idea. Yeah, there's a ton of opportunity that unless you unless you know people who can inform you of it. Right. Like, I don't even know where to begin looking. You know, <laughs> like, that's the thing. And like you said about bursaries, like I remember when I was at uni, we I had this I had this prof that like grilled it into us. He was like, this is money that a lot of people don't. It's free money. All you got to do is fill out a piece of paper. Exactly. And yeah. like a lot of people don't just out of laziness or they're like, oh, I'll never get it. So like, what's the point? That's, that's what I said. Like it says you have to be from Mexico or you have to be a Spanish speaker or you have to be. But if you were a French speaker and no Spanish speaker speakers applied, who knows? Yeah, clearly. They might give it to you. It would, that example, it would go to, of course, a person of Mexican descent. Absolutely. But I mean... If the money's just sitting there and it's like either nobody takes it or we give it to somebody, if it comes down to that decision, maybe you'll get it. You never know. It doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Uh, Back to the slam poetry. We had uh, our friend Scott 
uh, last uh, last week. I don't know how we're going to be releasing these, so maybe Scouts will come after yours, but <laughs> not <laughs> not, uh, not important. We were talking about he's into he's into breaking break dancing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called breaking now. Mm. The um, I'm not hip. He's into, <laughs> but we were into the. the um, we're talking about the the evaluation how how they're scored you know a large part of the thing is going to competitions and mm-hmm. and in competing you know one team versus the other and he said the the evaluation it's still there's no concrete way to to say you're better you're better everyone kind of has their different style or slam poetry how who's making the decisions is it a random joe in the audience or do you have a panel of a panel of higher ups or uh, i mean you, you'd be uh, like that cheer for your favorite guy no it, my no, audience applause i've actually <laughs> seen it done in all three of those ways uh, <laughs> the craziest way i saw it was like there was one time carlos got the judges to draw a picture that symbolized what they thought the poet should get and then he had to translate the picture into into a numerical like number and like he just did it for fun oh, okay, okay. but people do do the the audience cheering thing people i think do, when money when money's involved people will probably get a little more serious or, oh, or man, maybe like, be a little uh the, the the funny thing is is like as soon as this is slam like money or not people what's but, the difference between slam and slam makes it competition it's, it's just the it's just it's partly like how you deliver the piece okay and it's also partly just the fact that it is the competitive aspect of okay, it, okay, okay right like yeah, it really, you, you can get different answers from different people. I think it's 50-50. No, go ahead. But no, normally what they do is, uh, and this is, is if, in my experience, this is the most common. We'll take five random people from the crowd. Hmm. I mean, uh, we'll take That's five good. random people from the crowd. And our goal is to get as, as people who don't know what they're doing. You know okay. what I mean? And they're each given a whiteboard and they're told they can give a, a point system like up to 10 with hmm. a one point whatever. So I think they're like a 9.8 yeah, okay. or 6.4. yeah. And what we do is we we erase the highest score, we erase the lowest score, and we keep the middle three. And it's like uh, figure skating. Yeah. yeah. And because there's always somebody who's just like loves everything, and somebody that just hates <laughs> everything. So right away we're like, get them the fuck out of there. Yeah. And um, we keep the middle three. And it is it's not the the best system, but it is it it it's effective. Yeah. But it, there are there are problems too, like with something called score creep, where because like. If you if you genuinely love that art form, it's a, it's a very hype night. You know, you build yourself up, and yeah. by the end of the night, everybody's just having a great time. Yeah. So then you'll you'll there, it's it's difficult to find judges that'll remain consistent. Yeah. Because also when <laughs> when judges throw up like a, maybe a bit a score that's a bit lower than you thought, people boo the judges, people cheer the judges, and but if you yeah. don't uh, also if you don't if you're going in there blank, I mean if you pick me for yeah, yeah, yeah. for a judge and I, I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how how to evaluate the before, first they would they would target you they'd be like if you've ever been to a slam before you say no and they're like be a judge ah okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. no 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 but I mean like uh, I would have to you're watch you're gonna vote for the bald guy. But yeah. No, no, but I'd have to watch. <laughs> I'd have to watch three or four. Like you finish, and then I give you a score, right? Well, no. What happens is um, we have uh, um, we call it the sacrificial poet. So the their sacrifice time. is there to calibrate the judges. So we'll have one, one <laughs> okay, person yeah, yeah. Okay, who's, okay. who's who does really well, and huh? they go up. You've got this figured yeah, out. They do their piece. <laughs> judges give their scores, and then they're we're we're all they're playfully reminded that people are going to cheer your your high scores they're going to boo your low scores no matter what and no. the judges are told that so oh, like, okay, okay. but most importantly remain consistent okay, don't okay. start throwing up tens in the second round just because you love it all you know okay, like, okay. Yeah. i got gotcha, you i got gotcha. you what um when you're when you're creating your your slam poetry 
um, uh, where, where do you draw your inspiration from? Lots of different things. Like um, whatever happens, like I said, whatever's in my mind at the time or okay. whatever experiences I'm currently going through. Mm. Like uh, Girlfriend left me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm crying. In my okay. Yeah. Like, uh, no, but it's <laughs> one of those things where uh, it's whatever I happen to be experiencing at the time. Like my writing methods kind of shift. Like there's been times where I would sit down and for some reason I would write an entire poem and it would require very little editing. And there's other times where I just struggle with them, always changing it. I can't find ways to make it work. So yeah, sometimes I, I need a mind map and then I build it up from there. Oh, like go, it go. really, it's, 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 a, it's strange that there's no one way I go about it. It's just whatever happens to work at the time. Yeah. yeah. Is there, is there any, I think I touched on it earlier, is there any parameters or guidelines oh. for the slam or, or when you say sit down and write one, I mean, we, that most of us, our experience in poetry would end in probably elementary school with the haiku and, a couple other haikus ones. are great, um, but when when you do it, like, and I know the the open mic nights or some of the slam nights, say anybody welcome, come on down. But if if one of us was going to try and write something, is there any parameters or anything you have to follow? Or um, well, the first thing you should look up is uh, what your time limit is. Oh yeah, I was just going to say. Now that. there's usually at a slam there will be uh, four or five, maybe between between four and six spots for open micers. Uh, so we'll have the open mic first, and then each open micer will get probably around four or five minutes. And, but the thing with slam is that you have, it's a three minute, three, you have three minutes. Okay. You so you got to keep it, keep it yeah, concise. You have a 10 second grace period. So you could technically go to three minutes, 10 seconds. Yeah. But the minute you go over that for every 10 second increment, you lose an additional point off your score. Full so, point? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I've seen people lose all their points, get perfect scores and get wind up with a zero because they just went too long. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they forgot the poem like halfway through and then they, cause that happens. Yeah. Cause you just like when you slam, you memorize it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you can get up there and like halfway through your poem, you just lose it and it's, you're just standing there. Yeah. And that is the worst. You can't bring, you can't bring cue cards up with it. Um, you could, but like it's frowned upon. It's not really frowned upon. I've seen people read, but it, if you're in it to win, you're going up against people who have it, who have it memorized and yeah. ready to deliver it. And you, you, no matter how good your poem is, if you're standing there like this, you know what I mean? Against somebody that's just like very animated, you know, yeah. like it's, you, yeah, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. How, so, so the time limit and then what, what about writing it? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, anything. You can no, do anything. Say like growing up, it's very structured, right? We're oh, going to do, yeah. do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, yeah. but this is very kind of free. Is there like, like you said before, topics or everything just a go? Yeah, it's a free for all, really. Like, um, like the like, what you're describing is the approach when you're when you're studying a specific poetry format, right? Right, and there's so many different ones. You know, um, so but with with slam and spoken word, it's people don't usually adhere to those. Like, uh, we're definitely maybe draw inspiration from them, but I mean, it's more about expression than yeah, exactly, than, than, yeah, following, yeah, yeah. Uh, than yeah. following a structured uh, structured rule. I I came across one on YouTube maybe four or five years ago. And you might, I think it's a, uh, a woman from the States. I believe she's a, a student, maybe high school or university. And it's, her topic is about Korea. And she talks about soju guzzling. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really, really, really good. And that was kind of my first experience with a poetry slam. And someone had sent it because. He's the judge that gives everyone 10. Yeah, someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, yeah. someone had sent it because it was related to Korea or whatever. And said, oh, you're going to love this. And it was incredible. And we can, po- I'll post it on the. The podcast after on the website. Yeah, I want but to see that. It was deadly, and I thought, "Wow, that lady, she's amazing. She was really incredible." And I don't know if I mean I could probably write a story like that. Is it just the way you deliver it, mm. or is there like do you write lines or fragments or or just write a story and then it's it's all how you deliver it and your intonation and the pauses and everything it's, else? It's all of that. Yeah, yeah. like um, 
delivery is is key for sure right like it, it's it's like it's like a good storyteller when you when you when you when you watch like a, somebody tell a story and they're they can do it in a, in a say a captivating way hmm. like they're not just so morgan speaking. freeman wins every poetry <laughs> slam <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, but if um, i read one of yours would i think it's a story or would i think well this is definitely a poem um i it depends it depends on the one like um it that, really that's depends what i'm on curious if itself, we just write a story and then if i gave it to you you could turn it into a poetry slam piece i could yeah i could edit it, it i could edit it maybe try to work it so that mm. it's definitely that would definitely be doable oh. that's yeah. what i mean i just i'm just curious if it's if anybody can do it and just kind of write write a story and then go up and say it well i mean i think hey, it that's definitely not takes, really poetry slam <laughs> you're just reading a story buddy it's yeah. uh it, it really depends it really depends right oh. like uh i think it can be done but there's definitely like a a, like a formula to like right. a slam to do it again right well, but, i noticed i noticed from watching watching them on youtube or you you do see the i don't know if it's like you said the intonations or the, yeah, the way yeah, yeah. It, they, they, there is a, a slam poetry-esque there, there's a way to a way to deliver yeah, like the, the the whole joke like a, a slam poetry voice okay yeah. like the yeah like, like the uh, radio voice yeah, right? exactly yeah okay, yeah, I yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I gotcha. but it like in terms of like whether it's poetry or stories like like spoken word is is very much like a gray area where it you can you can make any number of things fit you if you work i like uh i like that less less constrictions on the, yeah yeah, on yeah. The, like really the, the only constrictions and the the whole time constriction really is only there for the com- for the competition hmm. like uh you you see but other that's people good who too. stop I mean, competing you can... like they start going to open mics and they like sometimes like they they just they're like fuck it they'll do a one minute poem or they'll, they'll go up and do like a five minute poem like mm. some of shane koizan's stuff is, is quite long but it's amazing but yeah. I mean, he's also in a pl- he's also in a place where he doesn't need to compete anymore right. you know like this guy makes this guy bought a house with poetry i mean like he's no he's, six, he's, huh. most, he's the most he's the most successful canadian thus far what's like, his name again shane koizan when so what is he making how is he making money he's not he's not doing uh, he's not making 100 bucks a night at uh oh, he's, he's not guy. making 100 bucks a night he's selling books he's doing online he's tutorials got albums he's he's uh i believe it's called the short story long where like it's like he has music accompaniment and like ah. he's got tons of stuff he, he's the guy who opened up the the olympics in vancouver ah. remember that guy uh yeah like this guy and he's the ah, nicest yeah, guy yeah, you yeah. could ever meet the nicest guy he's tremendously su- successful and i'm really happy for him i think it's great what's uh i mean you're i'll, I'll refer to my my hobby originally years ago i was into i was i was into kickboxing i had no intention ever of um of turning pro or or making it uh, or opening my own gym or whatever but my motivation day to day was to um it was just to to keep my skill or maybe win a fight here or there uh what keeps you motivated is it the potential to be the shane koizan uh, it is the dream for slam poets just is it like the the saturday night warrior like yeah i'm gonna go deliver my you know my best poetry tonight and uh, or is it everyone has dreams of making an album and um, and and buying a house and and retiring off the slam poetry what i what i really love about it um like it's definitely afforded me a lot of opportunities mm. um like my last book got published by a man named brad morden in toronto and he helped me out a lot and um like i feel like i've hit my limit in terms of that like i might see another publication um but i mean mostly the reason why i, I continue to do it is because it's a very community-based uh event it's a, and it's a wonderful wonderful for community building and i still do them here i think i still organize events here and i still go to other events here because 
Like I love the people that go. It's fun to keep the art form going. Hey, you must meet and, a lot of interesting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 almost therapeutic to 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 work on something like that and actually form it and deliver Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And yeah, like in terms of like community building, it's it's wonderful to be part of it. Yeah. And so like that's why I, I keep doing it. Mm. You know. Uh, when I I see there's always good response and uh, <clears throat> when you post your when you post your events on Ulsan Online, Seema has been nice enough to. Uh, uh, to host you guys lots. Uh, now, when you first came to Ulsan in 2013, did you start right away? As soon as you, um, as soon as you came here? I, when I first came to Ulsan, I was, le- of course, like I left my entire scene in, of course, in, yeah. in Ottawa. And I definitely, I knew I was going to start something. Hmm. I went around to a few, I think one of the, my first nights out, I did the T.O. Poker Run. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't know anybody. didn't know any of the venues. A good initiation. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, that was, it was such a crazy time, too, because like, I, I had burnt out really bad when I, when I first got here. So I didn't really do much. You know what I mean? Like I spent a lot of time at home. Hmm. Uh, so I did the T.O. Poker Run. And I, I knew I wanted to look for another venue. I figured I'm going to all these bars. I'm going to check them all out. And that was also my introduction to what the drinking nights were here could be yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because like i remember i was at, i landed at sema last and we we're just we we're partying we we're having a great time and then the sun came up and i was like what the fuck are we because i'm from canada you yeah, know yeah, yeah it's like everything close at two. they're yeah. like fuck you they're like two o'clock they kick you out <laughs> and so like i'm looking I'm, like i looked at i looked at al and i was like last call yeah and like and then i eventually i, I approached al about doing um because i really i felt like al and i our personalities are are we we, we mix really well you know mm. what i mean we, we, and and I'm glad I, I I'm glad he gives me his bar for for my event. Mm. Um, so I approached Al about doing a slam. And my original my original idea was maintain a slam because that's all my background. Like it's, mm. so I um, uh, so I approached Al to do uh, a slam, and Al was down 100. percent And so I organized it. I posted Wilson online. Like this is back in 2013. I was like, Yo, I'm gonna start slams. Anybody want in? And I got two likes. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, maybe I don't know. So either way, Tough I <laughs> I threw the um I threw up the event and we we hosted it. The funny thing is, is that all the people at the bar, not one of them knew about the event. None of them came for the event. <laughs> and, and so I was like, yo, I, I even bought whiteboards for everybody. You know what I mean? I was all set. And then it wound up being like and it was beautiful because like um it just wound up being like a storytelling night. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. Everybody was like, oh cool. And like they're like, oh, I don't do poetry. I'm like, yeah, you share stories. So all these random. Fucking people that were just drinking yeah. semer just stood up and everybody's sharing these different well, there's stories. There's lots of stories around there. Oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. I remember some of those earlier days like that and guys posting online after, hey, some poetry or open mic thing showed up in the middle of my night at SEMA and it turned <laughs> out to be really fun. Yeah. And and I remember hearing lots of people's random stories about, you know, stumbling upon. And I, I think I even did once or twice. And What's going on tonight? I didn't see any official event or anything. And then, yeah, it ends up being free shots for the speakers and... And whatever else in terms ah, of the big party. That's, I, yeah. yeah, that's that's <laughs> the bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and that's the that's the funny thing too, because like I I um when I when I decided to give up on it being a slam, because there was a slam in Busan, but like more people came out when I changed it to be an open mic. Yeah, because a lot of people are more comfortable sharing that way. You know? Absolutely. So I changed it to be an open mic. I organized to have a feature come in, so I do the open mic, and then the feature would go up, and I got I got the bottle of whiskey. So as soon as the performers are done, they take a shot. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a gimmick, but it works. People like it yeah. but we're also by the end of the night we're wasted yeah <laughs> um but it's always it's always worth it I yeah just, just back to a little while ago there are most of the slams taking place in bars and pubs and, and lounges and stuff or do they also happen in libraries or something or am i crazy i mean is no, it no, only no, in drinking places or um, do they also happen well uh schools or I'd say they're, they're, it is popular to have them in uh 
uh, in bars for, I guess, for adults. The, 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 the high school scenes, which are really strong, of course, they can't do them in bars, but they usually land in like libraries or maybe coffee shops or oh, something. Oh, really? Huh. Uh, my slam in, in Ottawa that I, I organized with Sarah Musa and uh, Sergio Guerra, uh, Guerra, our slam was predominantly Muslim, so we couldn't really do it at a bar. So we actually hijacked like a classroom on campus and we just did our, we did, we did our thing there. But it was great because like we would throw down like, like a circle of Christmas lights and then all the chairs would be a circle around the poet and it just made for a very much more uh, intimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Very cool, and that's uh, one thing I like about teaching here. And maybe you have the same experience with uh, with slam poetry. You never know where your classroom is going to be. You never, you know, <laughs> you find yourself sometimes in very unique situations, like you said, in a, in a classroom with lights around you, or now you're in the SEMA rooftop. Or, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's cool. That's yeah. a, it's an interesting, almost like a video game. You never know. Yeah, yeah. You never yeah, know yeah. what board you're going to end up on next. So you told us about Al in the beginning of the of the slam or attempted slam. Is it now? well known and, and much better attended and what is it like now is there still uh, the surprise guests or is there uh, a following that comes each one and uh for for a while <laughs> i i was lucky enough to build up quite a following with it like i would fill sema which was wonderful yeah. but uh last summer like 15 <laughs> 15 of like some of my my most the performers that perform the most often everybody's mm. like this exodus yeah. and then um so the last not the last one I did, but the one before that, it was it wasn't really well. Like not a lot of people came. Right. We still had fun. It was a it was a good time. Sure. But um, like at my best, like seeing would be full. I would have like ten or fourteen people on the open mic and a feature. Wow. You know, like it it totally. was it was going great. It was going really great, and it's still going great. I'm happy, and I'm 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 proud of what's built from it. Um, but ebbs, ebbs and flows, though, right? That's that's the nature. I of do it, the right? hockey yeah. team, and I mean there was a time. Now there's only two of us. Mm. and Roy Garcia there he left not long ago and before that there was about and Chris so there was four of us recently now there's only me left and mm. sometimes we have one or two others but I remember six years ago when there we had a team of four we had 22 foreigners yeah well the and, rugby and team's it, going through something similar right like sure so that's yeah. that's just the nature of the beast it goes and comes yeah. and yeah you get a but a good the, time and a <clears throat> the the important thing is and is that you have someone solid in the community who who continues to who continues to promote yeah, yeah, that definitely. and doesn't what I like is that you're you're not discouraged by you know you had that big build up and oh I got my whiteboards I'm ready to go yeah, yeah, yeah. people and you're like oh but I'm glad you don't get discouraged and it's no, very important you can't get you can't you can't it's important yeah. especially being being abroad not everyone's motivated to go out and and start their own this or that but without these events what's the what's the living abroad is mm. there's nothing uh, nothing special about it or it's good to connect with your community and we need yeah. people like you and well and I others to i remember in the early days of the slam there and mm. seeing al post them and say poetry night friday night or saturday night and i was like is he trying to kill the customers off or is he trying to get more and i was like what is he? <laughs> yeah. saturday night poetry slam who that, yeah. i mean okay well i'm gonna go at midnight then but as you, then you start seeing more and more people yeah. coming, and then that's a like a warm up or a, a pre gamer, and have a couple of quiet ones and relax. And mm-hmm. yeah, then it then I kind of learned more about it. But I remember at the beginning seeing seeing it online, thinking, "Is as Al lost his marbles? He's trying to get more people in by <laughs> announcing a poetry contest at you know eight o'clock on a Saturday. What's going on?" That's one thing that that I love about Al because. Like they, that guy just wants to support everybody. Sure, you know, like. Open but I know exactly what you're talking about too, right? Like it's something that's definitely different. Like it's to my knowledge, this is the first one in Ulsan. I'm lucky though, because like you look at places like Daegu and and um, and and Busan, 
they're geographically close enough that and my 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 venue is really close to the bus terminal so i get yeah. people coming from different cities right. and and i'm really grateful for that because it's good that like where different organizers come out to 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 support the show like oftentimes when he can make it this dude k comes down from busan carlos comes to like every event mm-hmm. and i go to all his events I, I try to make great it great just that you can get the people from out of town to come. I mean, yeah, that, that yeah, shows yeah. that you have something good going on and you're doing a good job. I mean, if people are willing to come from the other cities, that's fantastic. Is there a central organizing committee or yeah. you're in charge of Ulusan? He's in charge of Busan. He runs the show. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Like, uh, like there's no, uh, like anybody can do shows. Like I, like, uh, if there's another show to pop up in, 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 in Ulusan, I would, I'd be 100% supportive of it. But we do try to avoid organizing on, on the same night. Hmm. Um, because like, so like if, it's like in the past with the markets. You don't want to have yeah, one market wanna, Saturday, one Sunday. Yeah, here. you know, you yeah. want to we 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 want to be able to have because by doing it this way, like we don't have to we, we get we get we'll probably get more performers because people who want to perform more will go to all the events. We'll get more people for, for listeners who want to hit up all the events. And like and like there's four weekends in a month. We can easily do it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. You said you uh, you published uh, you you have published work. Yeah. I know you work also for Angle Magazine. That's right. Uh, how did you get started in in Angle, and what is your current uh, what's your role with, uh, with Angle? Uh, I'm the literary editor for Angle Magazine, so like I I hunt down writers and I, like if they, people want to submit, they send it to me, and then I try to find people to promote uh, on the magazine. Like I recently uh, with an artist named Jules Rap, and she was my feature for Cipher. She was my most recent feature, and she was mm-hmm. amazing. And she was my most recent uh, poet to promote. She's actually going back to the States to do an MFA in poetry. So she's she's quite talented. So Motherfucking she, associates that's degree? Exactly. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> but she's, she's, and she's just endlessly talented. And she's just really nice, real nice woman. Yeah, so like uh, it's been working with Angle. I wasn't, I haven't always been the literary literary editor. I, t- I took over after a man had left. And it's been a lot of fun. It doesn't take a lot of effort on my side, you mm. know, If because I'm always going to the shows anyway. So if yeah. I see people, I like your work, then... Or people email me. Mm. It doesn't take me long to read it. And cool. it looks good on a resume. Absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. Where I seem to remember seeing that magazine before, but I haven't seen it in ages. Where is uh, it distributed? It's actually, uh, it's an online magazine. It's not in print. Uh, um, it never was? I think the one that you're thinking of is Bracket. Remember that one? I think it was ran out of Daegu. I'm not sure. Well, there was a there was a few now that... Unless you mean like... Not Because like... No. Um, I know that what Philip, what Philip Brett, who runs Angle, he does this thing every year called Big Day South. And it's a huge, like three day, three day event. And yeah. he's done them. He's done one in Ulsan. He did one in Ulsan like a years ago. Yep. But he's done them in Daegu, Busan, uh, like all over the place. And Big Day South is always a great time. But I think he's a pretty like, important figure in the he, in the yeah, music community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember me and Nate used to sell uh, pulled pork oh, at yeah. uh, at the markets there for for a few months. And he came up and just just general chat like, "Hey, what are you doing? You're you're a teacher here, yeah. And what else do you do?" And just so nonchalantly, just uh, I organize I organize bands to come to Korea, and, and then I'm and then I as I learn more about, it, I'm like, oh my god, he's at the center of of yeah, bringing yeah, international yeah. international shows yeah, into Phil, into Korea. Phil's <laughs> one of those guys. He's just he's all that's the thing too. Is like he's he's one of my one of my best friends, but I never see the fucking guy because he's yeah. always busy. Yeah. Um. But like you know, more power to him. You know, he's he's doing a lot of work. He puts money in artist pockets. You know, yeah. like and. Because of the way, well, because of like, I can't pay people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, I don't charge. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. It. Uh, where Phil actually, like, he's, he's doing it right. Like his last big day south, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was really, really good. He got, he had a ton of really amazing artists come out. Um, and it's like, it's all kind. That's the thing. He doesn't just do like one thing. 
like for me, I just do one thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a poetry night, that's it. But I think like, too, it's easier. It's easier for him to monetize music. People are used I to paying so, for music, yeah, yeah. used to paying for concerts. If something, if you're charging ten dollars for an entry to a poetry slam, you might go. Eh, yeah, I don't know. I, if I were is, to do that here, sure. yeah. I would need to bring in competitors, like proper competitors. Mm. And I don't say we don't have those here. Like, um, but I would have to bring people that are maybe have more of an online presence so I can promote mm. it. You yeah. know, like if I so if you have an online presence. I can promote it, you know, like, cause that's what people want to see. The ones they want to see, like, is it like, are you promoting it with like a selfie picture this artist took or something? Mm. Or is this like a proper photo? Yeah. You know, and it does, cause you're, you're trying to get people to, 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 to come to your venue on a Saturday night and pay to be there. Absolutely. You got to give them reason, you know, For like, sure. yeah. how many, uh, how many Koreans are involved in, in Cypher? Well, um, if you had to give it uh, a percentage, would it be uh, half half foreigners, half Koreans? You got ten no, percent Koreans. I wish I, I I would love it. If, <laughs> I would love that so much if I had more Korean content. Mm. Like we used to, we'd have some Koreans would come out. Um, majority of the Koreans that do come out come out as audience members. Okay. Um, I've had like a couple Korean performers who write in English and Korean come and share, which has been great. Yeah. But they just don't come very much. Like uh, to my knowledge, there's other scenes where it's Korean. Just Koreans. Okay, that, that was my next question. Yeah, is there <coughs> is there a Korean? Uh, the, there is a Korean scene oh, where, yeah, where Koreans yeah, yeah. Are, are speaking. Or the one that I the one that I know about is uh, it's in it's in Busan, but it's yeah. The, the I don't even know the venue. I just like uh, from talking to this one dude I met, and they they just chill, drink, and share poems, and like they're happy in their venue. They you know what I mean? Like absolutely. And, yeah. So like like there's no. Oh, we're not gonna go to that. It's not like that. It's just like we have our thing, you have your thing, and they have fun. Yeah. No of, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Team Sima. That's right. <laughs> we'll t-shirts made. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I mean, it came up with Scotty there, um, and he's into breaking and stuff, and he says, you know, I'm getting older. I'm I'm starting to wear down. The the physicality part of it is is taking a toll, and I can't do as much anymore. Um, I play hockey. Bry's working out like a like a machine and martial arts and stuff, but they all take major tolls on you. This is something that seems like you could do forever. Mm. Is there, uh, I mean, what is the, the the end time or is there? Would you do this until the day you die or, f- I mean, would you attend the slams forever or? I, I. What is the typical maybe demographic of the people going? Are they usually younger or can you see doing it when you're 60? But it could, it might be the <clears throat> the same as breaking where that, that initial group I mean, where it really, where it's really blown up. Your your generation, what's the your your cohort? I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. That might be moving through, and you guys might be the might be the first fifty year olds or sixty year olds. To, yeah, we don't know. Like, yeah. um, back home, there was always people that were older coming uh-huh. out. Yeah, um, but it's one of those things too. Is like like the spoken words. Just it's an aspect of my life, but there are many aspects of my life. And like, as each one grows and maybe some in different directions, some people like, I don't go to slams anymore. I'll go to open mics. Hmm. Like I just personally, like I, I, I prefer an open mic to a slam now. That was never always that way yeah, before yeah. I was like slam everything. But now it's just, I just want to go and just want to listen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, it's funny that you brought up breaking because <laughs> I don't do it, but like I, I got kicked out a Thursday party one time and like, uh, cause one of my features for Cypher was this dude named Ben Cozy Coz and he lives out, he's a Korean adoptee, he lives up in Seoul and he works, he started this organization called Speak and it's, to, and it's, he helps out with a lot of like, Korean adoptees moving back and he's, a, he's an incredible musician. I, I, I love this guy. Um, he's the nicest dude you'll ever meet in your whole life. He's, yeah. he's not not an, not an ounce of anger in him. He's just kind, you know, and and he's really smart. But he does this thing uh, like like uh, like break dance, like break dancing, but it's like a battle dance. Like I'm not, I don't know. This yeah, is, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. B boy. That's exactly yeah. it. And so like 
I, he came down, uh, for, he's featuring me on Saturday and he came down Friday cause he wanted to spend like a weekend, just hang out together. Um, so I was working till 10 and so he went to my house and he, he was like, Oh, this one drinks. So we went to JJ's and we were getting drunk and like we're outside, I'm having a cigarette and like Patrick's standing there and, um, he's like, Oh, I want to dance, man. I'm like, Oh man, there's nowhere to dance. Cause I hate dancing and I hate clubs. So I, was, <laughs> I lied to my friend, lied to his face. I'm like, Oh, there's nowhere to dance. You walk by Thursday. Patrick party looks me this? right at me. Don't you take him to Thursday party? And I'm like, my back of my mind. I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> so right away, my buddy gets up. He's like, a pair of tabs. Go to Thursday party. So like, all right. So we go into Thursday party and I run into like, like two of my really good friends I hadn't seen in a while. So, and as I'm over there, he goes up to dance and I hear this loud bang and commotion. I turn around and there's all these Korean dudes wrapped around my friend and they're all grabbing him. And I'm like, oh shit. So I run in, I run into like that, that circle and uh, the lady, one of the bartenders comes over and she tells us to get the hell out. Yeah. So we got out, but we're standing on the edge of the, 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 the balcony kind of makeshift patio. thing, patio. Yeah. And like, I was like, what the hell happened, man? And he tells me a story about how like he did like, some guy was like dancing and then did like a move that he interpreted as like, you're calling me out. And so he did a move kind of like getting his face, which is like a thing. And the only people <laughs> in the room that understood what was happening were the two guys dancing. Yeah. This dude, the Korean dudes, all his friends thought he, my buddy was jumping him. So they just went on him right like that. Oh, no. And like, yeah, so we wound up getting kicked out. And uh, <laughs> it was just, it's a funny story like to get kicked out of Thursday party because <laughs> of the dance battle. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I thought he was spinning on his head, helicopter kicking everyone. Oh, man. Oh, okay. I'd pay good money to see that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So again, you're, you're organizing uh, slam events and, and you're getting into other events. I know without time stamping this one too hard, I know <laughs> last weekend yeah, was, it was, was yeah, Pride. Last, last weekend was Pride, yeah. Was Pride also uh, hosted at SEMA. Well, you attended the party. Why don't you give us the, give us the rundown? Did uh, you guys, there was no poetry in there? Um, no, no, no. We, were, we looked for some uh, people from the community who were also uh, poets or storytellers. I know they had and some act or I don't know if they were dancers. Or oh, I yeah. There's they, people coming in from yeah, like yeah, for sure, for sure. Like um, uh, we had the okay, to go back to the beginning, like one of my one of my key performers for Cypher uh, was Dorian Cliff. Dorian actually reached out to me while they were still in Canada because uh, Dorian was looking for a place to share uh, like a poetry event. Yeah. And so... Dorian found me on Facebook and we started chatting. And then when they got here, almost all my events, they'd hit up all, all, almost all my events. And Dorian was the one who started Pride in Ulsan. Yeah. Um, so Dorian started Pride, I think, like, I want to say four or five years ago. But Dorian did every Pride event and uh, the Trans Night of Remembrance. The reason why this scene last weekend was as big as it was, was because Dorian laid the groundwork for that, did all the work for it. Like, And each time I would go and I would help out as a volunteer. But that's really about it. And this year, because Dorian moved to, moved to France, there wasn't going to be a pride party here. Mm. And Kay Davids approached me about maybe organizing it in, yep. in Dorian's honor, being like, you know, like they make it continue on. Yep. Kay is amazing. She put together a good organizing committee where there was myself, Kay, her, Gareth, her husband, Jenny Cho, Kelsey Sprague, and Rachel. Yep. Now we all, we worked really good together because we were all doing different parts of it, yep. right? Uh, we, I'm really happy with how it all went down. Um, we had, I've never seen that many people in SEMA. Even back when I first got here and there were way more people, I've never seen that many people in SEMA. Just there were so there. many people that when the drag queens went up, nobody else could fit on the balcony, like on the patio. No, they had to yeah. stay inside. That's awesome. Um, and I'm, that's, 
I'm tremendously grateful for such a huge supportive community where they would just come out for a good cause, a hell of a party. You know, like Kevin told us he was going to make 300 jello shots. And then when he rolls in, he's like, oh, I couldn't make the 300 jello shots. I can only make 287 or some shit like that. And I was like, How, you're an animal. How did you make that many? So we had, because he hooked us up with that and like Rachel got so many people to uh, give vouchers and stuff like that. I was going to we say, yeah, the community, the community, community really, support. Yeah. I saw her, uh, I saw her Facebook. She was tagging all of the people oh, that, yeah, that yeah, made yeah, yeah. charitable donations. Yeah. Really, really well done. It's, and it's a huge list. And because we had, we were able to, have everybody come together so much. We actually raised over a million won in one night for Ding Dong, which is a uh, a queer youth shelter yeah. here in uh, here in Korea. And I'm pretty sure it's the only queer youth shelter. If to anybody listening, if you want to maybe check them out, you want to throw some money their way, uh, they're they're always be happy to take some. I'm sure. Um, and you just type in uh, Ding Dong is D D I N G and then Dong D O N G. And the name actually is a slang term. It used to be used among Korean lesbian teens when they were trying to notice. And find out, are you, you know, like a long time ago, men would ask, are you a friend of Dorothy or something like that, right? Like, and it was like uh, this way of saying, asking it without. Like a secret handshake? Yeah, 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 okay. exactly. And, uh, but yeah, you can check out their website online. They have an English website and, and they have like contact list information. And if you want to throw them some money, they'd be really grateful. Absolutely. I just want to say, I think uh, one of the things and one of the reasons, you know, we're still here is that the community has always been so great and supportive here. And mm. if it's for, I mean, we do, we hope in, in the NGO stuff, but for all kinds of different events and, and things, the community here has always been really great. And that's something that we're really grateful for. In other places, it's not always like that. And in Seoul, it's very fragmented because there's mm. it's so big and there's so many people. But I mean, I remember in the old days when there was only probably less than 100 foreigners here. And ever since then, and, and it's grown to swell to many over that and, and back down again, but it's always been a very very supportive community and that's one of the reasons i think we can enjoy living here even yeah, yeah. even through through doing we hope i don't know i feel almost some some sort of some sort of responsibility to to continue to continue on with it and may, I, I don't know if i've said it on here before but you know when we're doing events and our wives always ask what are you doing it for why are you spending all your time what do you why do you drive here and there or doing events and you know getting you know asking for help and, and supporting this or that it's maybe similar to the to the slam poetry like it's a it's a big build-up but when you see the when you see the result when you see people in your case having a good time laughing drinking sharing sharing time sharing sharing ideas and and stories and whatnot it's it's a it's a very satisfying feeling man it doesn't matter how much work you put into to get there it's the it's the result and and you can see it with uh with your work with dorian's work with our work in uh in we hope it's all i don't know it's good man it's a good uh, yeah definitely i think it's one way i've matured as a person i think when i was younger and you know i I cared or thought a lot more about going out and partying and drinking with the boys and and if someone said would you donate 10 or 20 dollars here for this and i'd probably say "Mm, i get no interest in that sorry Mm -hmm. but you know after growing a little bit now married and kids maybe i can't go out as much and to the events as much but when you think about it now you know you support all these big global companies that you know doesn't help any of us regionally or locally god it's the least we could do is is go out and help a couple of the groups or organizations locally to you know have a have a voice and give them a little bit of support so absolutely i always think now you know what yeah a couple less beers or don't go here or don't get a car whatever it is something small and you can put that towards something really good so i've changed a lot that way where i never would have thought about donating much before when i was single and now 
you know, I've grown a lot, and uh, now I think it's it's not a big deal at all to give here and there to good causes. But even it's, I don't think it's the 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 money that's the important thing. It's maybe your t- your time or effort, or I think we put more time and effort than than our own than our own funds into the into We Hope Man. But but I, I mean, get, for other ones, now yeah. we have kids, and we keep, we I mean, we rarely go out. I saw you a couple of weeks ago there, but that's the first time I was out in two months. Yeah. I, I, so I wish I could get to the events. And once my kids are older and stuff, I'll be able to go out a little bit more, be a little more freer. But if I can't, yeah, I don't mind throwing a few mountains here and there to support a few different groups because that's the least we can do. We can't go out and support them directly, but indirectly we can. So, well, I mean, you show support in other ways, right? I mean, like you're bringing me here, you're helping me promote it here. I mean, like that's tremendous, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, and that's uh, we hope this this podcast too can give a can give voice to all you know to everyone uh, oh, everyone looking to to get some uh, to get their to get their word out and everyone again not everyone's even knows about slam poetry mm-hmm. as just like us a few years ago but you know listen to this you get a better uh, you get a better idea of what uh, of what it is and hopefully hopefully get some more uh, get some more traction. What is a common misconception about uh, the poetry slams or cipher or the events you organize, what is something that people say, you know, when you see a random person, they go, wow, I didn't know this was so cool. What is it that uh, is a common misconception? Well, it, it's, I'll we, uh, tie it back to what you had said earlier, right? Like when, when I was like, oh, we're having a poetry night. Like, you're trying to kill <laughs> like a lot of people, they, they, like everybody, you, you can't be human and not make assumptions. You can't, you can't be human and not mm-hmm. make assumptions, right? I think it's, <laughs> it's very natural, right? So many people would be like, Oh, it's a poetry night. It's not really my thing. Because when you see someone, someone crying on a bar stool, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. or they, or they, 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 they go back to their last high school lesson in poetry, yeah. and they didn't, you know, they, they just think it's not really their thing. Uh, but that, it is. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's fun for us because, like, it you'll see people come and you'll see their whole attitude towards the change, right? Mm. And it's that's a really wonderful experience as well. That's a live event, I think. That, yeah, that's yeah, a live yeah. event thing too. Uh, but you, you can watch anything on on YouTube, but I think when you're there, it, it's a more yeah. it's a more real experience. You, you can feel the feel the presentation a lot yeah. better. Who are your biggest inspirations for? Uh, uh, you mentioned I got um, well, my biggest uh, a lot of my biggest inspirations would be were were more localized, like because uh, my community was really tight and really yeah. strong. Yeah, like there there are people like when I first started. When I first started, all the people I was competing against were just seasoned. Mm. Like really good at it. They were always they were winning championships like nationally, internationally, you know, like and so like they they really helped me a lot in terms of like how to shape myself and yeah. there are some of my favorite artists. Probably for in Canada there's like I said before, Shane Coison's the biggest yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. you know, like uh but in America I think the most my favorite one is probably Andrea Gibson. Mm. Her her stuff is incredible. She's got multiple books out. She she's just amazing and I, I adore I absolutely adore everything I heard from her. Uh there's also Anise Mojgani. And he's really, really good. He, he, he's more of a, I'd say I'd put him more as like, he, his, his stuff is definitely poetry, but it means that it's more story. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's always a, there's always a very clear narrative. Okay. Um, not that they're the other two people I mentioned don't, uh, but also another man named Sam Sachs. Uh, Sam Sachs is just phenomenal. He I, sounds cool. Yeah, I know. He's got the coolest <laughs> name. Um, but, uh, yeah. And in, like in Canada, there's yeah. Alessandra uh, Nakarato. She's got a book coming out, and she's incredible. Yeah, um, there's, yeah, there's just, I don't know. There's just the scene is so widespread. There's so many people involved. Like like uh, another woman named Erin Dingle, who's probably one of my my favorites too. She's she's incredible. It's hard when somebody asks me that because 
my brain go, goes blank almost because so many names. Too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pick, but, pick your favorite Beatles album or yeah, Beatles song. Or like if you like ever want, yeah. if you're if you're out there, if you want to find, go on YouTube and just type in spoken word. Yeah. Um, and or slam poetry. There's tons of videos that come yeah. up. I was saying I watched uh, I can't remember yeah the, yeah Taylor Malley which Taylor Ma- make yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, is this is this kind of the the center the the most popular the most popular one online like um, people it, uh, that's hard to say right because when I googled when I googled best slam poets oh, he, uh, he, yeah his name would be on the list for sure what um, teachers I think his thing was called what teachers make yeah in praise of the greatest job in the in the world yeah he's was, really good yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, it's hard to say uh, but most popular because. It like, comes down to it comes down to what's the most popular song. It comes down to yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Also, who has more staying power, right? Like it's yeah. not just staying power, but I mean, they, there are people that come in and they kill it, and then they're just gone. Yeah. I mean, they don't do it anymore. People like like a, like Andrea Gibson, for example, who's made she's she's they've made they've made a career out of it. Yeah. Like constantly touring. Um, if you want if you want a book, you got to go through an agent. You know, like like uh, like no like way. No, they're they're no joke. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> I remember, like, I tried to book Andrea Gibson to come to my university, and to, for like an hour show with a workshop, it's like fifteen hundred dollars. No way. Plus plane and hotel. Oh yeah. Uh. So I mean, like, and that's the thing, though. Like, like if you if you book somebody like like Andrea Gibson or Shane Koizan, you you could fill an auditorium. So you can make you you'll, you'll you'll ticket sales alone will be fine. Do um, <clears throat> it, poetry? It still seems kind of like a I don't want to say an underground thing, but it's not as big as hip-hop music or, oh, or whatnot not. yeah yeah, yeah. Do, like, in the in the poetry community do you view guys like uh taylor malley do you view him as kind of like a not not a sellout but like you oh, have, no, you no, a commercial no, man no like, no no like you look at some artists you look at recently with uh like beyonce just worked with uh, a woman named morsen shire and nobody said well it's also this beyonce right yeah. uh like who's nobody's gonna turn her down but but i mean they, they merged together really well and i think it would take like if I ever saw one of my friends doing like a commercial for some shit, I'd be I would tease him probably. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's I think because the art form is very much the majority of it is in person in the moment. Yep. It's I don't think it would really go in that direction. Like unless the individual an individual intentionally went yeah. to, to to maybe. But then again, it's like everybody wants to make everybody wants to pay rent with their art. So I mean, but it, I think these guys that you're talking about, I mean, if if some of them have gone kind of corporate or, or making a lot of money now, it. They have a better platform to bring more attention to yeah, that's the, the art form yeah, and yeah. the people and the, the grassroots of, of poetry and that kind of stuff. Well, so. there's this there's this publishing company in the, in America called Right Bloody, and they mostly publish spoken word artists, right? Recently, they the, they merged with the man I mentioned earlier, Brad Morton, um, to create Right Bloody North. So it's the Canadian equivalent. Hmm. And they recently had released two books their first two books and they were doing really well with that it's like i'm just tremendously proud of these people like to put so much work into it like and then now they're actually seeing more success but you see companies like like i said that are actually promoting it and helping to just spread the word and spread the art and yeah. it's 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 a wonderful thing to see well it's definitely a lot bigger now than than five oh, yeah, or ten years yeah, ago yeah. because i mean yeah, well, the, I've heard of it. So yeah. the crazy usually that is, would never come up in the locker room at hockey or something. But no, yeah, 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 yeah even yeah. now, you know, a cool performance or, or whatever, and you hear about it. So mm. but getting the, getting closer to the mainstream. It took time. This whole thing started with this dude in Chicago named Mark Smith, and he started in like 1984, 1986. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and then it just grew from there. But now you can go to you can go to Bangkok, Thailand. They've got a, they've got a poetry scene there. They've got there, there are slams all over the world. There's there's like all over like especially like well of course like North America, but I mean like all over Europe. Like 
my buddy Ian Keteku and Brad Morton do tours and they toured through Europe. You know what I mean? No way. Yeah, they do this thing called like Brad's got a ukulele and Ian raps. They call it full cop. Full. And, uh, <laughs> they've they've toured like all through. They've toured everywhere. Like and there's a there's a market for it. And if you're willing to be on the road, um, which is not easy, it's very fulfilling. You'll, like you'll love it. Absolutely. But, but you're worked by the end of it. I can I don't understand how people can do it. Like, That's it. Any any band that tours um, as well. Yeah, but I mean like the money's there if you're yeah. if you're willing to travel and pick it up. I got a question to you regarding. Uh, Life in Korea, and mm. do you find it more conducive to being able to do this and spend time in your your passion or your hobby or what you like to do in your free time? Um, I find there's a lot of distractions at home, and especially when I'm in countries where I don't understand everything, especially if I don't try to, that I'm kind of I feel more free and more able to do what I really want instead of being preoccupied with with the news or the newspapers or what people are talking about because I'm not really listening all day to the Korean, you know, mumble jumble going around around me. Do you find that you're more focused or do you have more time to commit to your hobby or? I, for me, it's about, uh, I would say it's equal, if not a little bit less. And I, this is something I, I spoke with a friend of mine about, well, not about a year ago where back when I was competing, I wrote more. I just did. Cause mm-hmm. like I was, I was, I was, I was competing maybe two or three times, like at least like twice a month. I was performing four times a month. So I always needed new material. So I was constantly writing more and more and more. Mm. Um, so I was making the time for it. Here it's like, it's the, there's, I'm not competing. I'm still performing a lot, but I mean, I'm not, there's not that push to create more new content. I still, there's still the push. It's just not as important, I think. So yeah. I find like I, I spend a little bit less time writing here. Unless it's a different project, right? Like, but you're into organizing and oh yeah, yeah. Like I like moment. organizing events is just something I really enjoy doing. Yeah, I've done like a book fair three years ago in Busan. We had a ton of people come out because there's a ton of writers here who have content that they yeah. can sell. So we had a bunch of people come out for that. Uh, Ryan Estrada took it up and did it did it the next year. It was great. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then like with Pride, with the team I worked with for Pride, it was great because we all worked really well together. And organizing events is fun. Like it's 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 such a it's such a great feeling when you organize it like an event and like you 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 fill a room with people who are interested in that idea. Absolutely. Uh, it just it feels good. And I'll get bored really easily. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like no I think Nate's uh, <clears throat> Nate's what what he's speaking to is that at home things are always busy you have your your family life uh, your original group of friends when you come here everything's new you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do i felt as if i was so free i had way more you know way more uh way more free time the way that for me one of the biggest ones is hockey's nhl hockey's on in the morning here at home if there's a if i came home from work at home and there's a game on there's a good chance i'm gonna sit on the sofa and turn it on here i find i'm not even that connected to major sports because i'm i can't connect to them they're all on in the morning i'm working (laughs) in the morning i don't i mean we do the hockey pool but that's as much connection as I, i don't watch i haven't watched a full hockey game in probably 10 years here where at home i feel like i would watch at least three or four games a night because it's part of yeah it's just part of what i do there so i feel in that way yeah i have i mean now with the kids and stuff i don't have a ton of free time but like he says when before when i was single i could do anything Mm -hmm. i was free and i didn't even before the hockey rink was built i didn't have anything i had to do or i could do absolutely anything i wanted i probably should have done my master's a few years earlier while i had so much time instead of waiting until i was married with kids but yeah i I felt a lot of freedom being here in in a different place with you know not all the comforts and things i'm used to at home Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also the, the the financial freedom that working and living here com- comes with, right? Like right. we were talking about that earlier. Where yeah. back in Canada, I was broke all the time. Here, actually, <laughs> if I want to, if there's a show up in Seoul, yeah, I'll hop the KTX and I'll go. It's no big deal. Like I can't, I couldn't have done that back home. So I mean, like um, in terms of like opportunity for the kind of events that I enjoy, yeah, I can go to like there's shows in there's a show in Jinju. 
You know what I mean? There's there's a there's a there's a show in uh, there, there's shows everywhere. So I mean, I could just awesome. yeah, hop a bus, hop a hop a train. I think you you have to start the central the central committee, man. You got to be yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the president of Slam Korea. That'd be that'd be funny. That'd be mm-hmm. funny. And as you have uh, before we wrap up here, you have uh, an event coming up, I believe for. Um, the I'm, photography event oh that's right i have a exposure um uh now this is actually started by my buddy julian stout and myself last year yep uh this is uh it doubles as a, a fundraiser for for we hope yeah and uh yeah. it was last year was a tremendous amount of fun um the whole premise is you you can print up to 20 pictures and everybody's given like a like a board to post their pictures on yep now there are two categories there's best picture and best narrative so you can try to tell a narrative with one picture or up to 20 it's up to you oh, okay. um and I give like let's say I'm gonna buy a bunch of stickers and every the judges are everybody at the event. So I'll give two red stickers and two blue stickers to each person. And the red stickers, one of the colors is gonna be like for narrative uh, ones for yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they put the pic- they put the sticker underneath nope. whichever picture they want. Yeah, they want to do, and or they want to win. And then half the the there's ten dollars or ten thousand one uh, entry fee. Half of that is donated to We Hope, and the other half will be allocated between the top three winners awesome and, yeah. very nice very so i'm nice. excited for that the date is scheduled for the first saturday of next month but it might get pushed back a okay little bit. how can so, people how can people find it or sign up oh uh if you go on to if you just go on to facebook group you can find the event just type in exposure 2019 photography challenge and then it'll it'll pop up fantastic yeah cool you mentioned before about publishing a book and but we never heard about what it was about or the the contents. Content. What kind of book is it? Oh, it's just a, a book of uh, shorter poems that I'd written. A couple of spoken word pieces, uh, but mostly it's just these shorter poems. It's called Issues with Etiquette. One more time. Issues with Etiquette. And it's actually got, you got, Brad got um, this amazing artist. Uh, and her name is uh, Ariane Bouchamp from, uh, I believe, Gatineau. She's an incredible artist. And she does like tons of really, really cool stuff. But um, a lot of her art is done with like uh, like layered it's, I'm not, I don't know what the term is, uh, but it's like layered piece over piece, and okay, she creates okay. these larger images with it. And so she did the artwork for the book. So you yeah. send you send in the words. She she looks and interprets yeah, it. And, yeah, and yeah, it. Like, uh, do you have a final approval on the? Oh yeah, on for the sure, art? for okay, sure. Okay. But I mean, um, I was I was because Brad approached me with three separate artists and samples of their work, and I. I the minute I saw her stuff, I was like, I want to work with her, Bam. and she's just incredible. And so I. I didn't have any complaints about anything. Like as soon as she showed me what she'd worked on, I was I was just immediately really happy to be to have her on board. Uh, cool. I like it. I like it. Any other any slam poetry coming up oh, soon? Uh, yeah, not anything really. else you want to plug? There's some. There's poetry and spoken word. There. Okay. Uh, the slams that used to run actually stopped a little while. Yeah. yeah. But um, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up the terms. Here. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's uh, if you want if you want to get involved, there's a Facebook group called Busan Spoken Word, and uh, it's there's a man named Carlos Williams. He he does workshops and he does poetry events that are always really interesting. He has a very interesting take on it. Like, but yeah, and there's also a man named. K, he runs the Busan Liquid Arts uh, Poetry Plus and Words Only. Uh, both of these two run a lot of the poetry shows in Busan. And if you join Busan Spoken Word, uh, K and Carlos both often post their their events to that Facebook group. Kaylin Selk started Ulsan Comedy. So if you're into stand-up comedy, you can just uh, look for Ulsan Comedy Facebook group. And I, if you're in Busan, you got the ha-ha hole in Busan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of these can be found uh, through Facebook groups uh, easily. Um, uh, there's also the Daegu. If you're in Daegu, there's the Daegu Story Slam. That goes down at a place called Communes downtown. Uh, it's currently organized by a man named Nick Haru. 
And the Daegu Story Slam is great. It's absolutely amazing. And there's also uh, my friend Jordan who started up the Daegu Open Performances. And he's, he co-started, I forget the name of the other gentleman, but he started up the Foreign Literary Journal. And this is an in-print journal that they did. They have their first issue out. And it's great. It's really nice. But his event also goes down at Communes. Um, Communes is a great bar. Yeah, if you ever go, it's cool to check out. In Daegu. Uh, in Jinju, there's Jinju Ignite. Um, that's mixed... Uh, music and poetry so all these places they have facebook groups you can join the facebook group get involved if you want to if you want to perform they're very welcoming environments like everybody's really loving so it's uh don't be don't be shy awesome we'll be we'll be sure to post all the names and links and everything on uh on the website oh that would be great yeah yeah. facebook and instagram and stuff so Awesome. If anyone's interested, they can go there and click on them and figure it out. Dude, listen, thanks for uh, thanks for coming by. We got a, a typhoon rolling in here. You still yeah. uh, you still made it. Uh, thanks so much. I I hope this can give some more voice publicity oh, out to your. Thank you for uh, having me. Absolutely, we're uh, we're happy to have you. Spread the word, guys. Check out all the links we post underneath there. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye bye.